0: Break, we're breaking down all the biggest NBA storylines. You're tuned in to The Heat Check. The Heat Check with Trista Crick. The best podcast covering all the drama around the association.
1: Up next, finally, special edition. We have a very informative interview with Bill Ryder, host of the CBS Sports r- Show, Ryder Than You, and longtime NBA writer. Uh, my, Bill joined me and my co-host Ryan Horvath and Nick Ashu on our show, at MGM Tonight. He gave a nice overview of what's popping around the league, so let's get into it.
2: Yeah, Bill, I don't want to make Bill Ryder wait anymore. CBS agrees, Sports though. NBA insider, writer than you, CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, if you're mad that the, if you watch the <laughs> show and you hated the way that it ended, feel free to jump that in, Bill. But let's start with also James Harden, who is uh, with the Sixers in camp, and Joel Embiid says he's not a distraction. Of course, he's going to say that. What do we make of this situation, and where do you see this actually going?
0: The same thing I make of, I guess, where Showtime is. I wish it would just, he would just go away. <laughs> I wish there was a way just to cancel his appearance in the NBA. Look, so, so you're right. He is going to make life as miserable as he can for that organization. He's already done this. We know this. He called Daryl Morey a liar over the summer. But just talking to folks in that Philly organization, maybe their words are, 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 are tougher than their actual fortitude, but they say they're going to just make him play. They're going to wait for the price to go up. They take some strength and some... Some, um, some, some, you know, the, a sense of uh, optimism from what went down with Lillard, even though that wasn't as ugly. So I think that Harden's going to be out of shape and miserable, and I think Daryl and the Sixers, are going to say politely, "To hell with you, we're not trading me until we get what we want."
1: Wow, yeah, it's going to be a saga, Bill, absolutely. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on the Bucks. Obviously, they add Damian Lowler. This is going to be a really explosive pick-and-roll type offense, but what concerns me is that now Chris Middleton, again, not healthy, held out of practice, uh, new coach Adrian Griffin being very shady about what Chris Middleton is even dealing with. How do you feel about this team if they don't have an entirely healthy Middleton For the entire year, or maybe if he never returns to what he was when he was in his prime.
0: I mean, look, we are in an era. We know this. You can have a big two and get it done. But they need Chris Middleton and one executive and a guy guy was a longtime former scout who worked his way up. Made the point to me that yes, as you noted, they are amazing offensively. Damian Lillard is a huge addition. It takes a ton of pressure on the offensive side off of off of Giannis, and the pick and roll game can be amazing. But that backcourt defensively now is not very good at the point this executive made so you've got to make that up with more offense it's a similar model to what Boston's doing leaning offensively I think you need Middleton to be in the mix at least in the postseason given how good the Celtics are and I think still how many landmines there are in the Eastern Conference from other teams
3: what are your thoughts on Drew Holiday and his fit with Boston I mean kind of taking over obviously the Marcus Smart role where he's you know, an non-ball defender but uh, what are your thoughts on Boston coming into the season because I feel like in the East it's really just Boston and Milwaukee right now
0: I yeah, I like Drew Holiday. Like, it's a great question. Like Drew Holiday in a vacuum, I I love it. And so Marcus Smart basically leader, respected guy, but did not get along. This is pretty clear from the press conferences. But did not get along with Joe Mazzulla. It wasn't a good fit. The perspective in Boston is you get a bit of an upgrade from in, in Drew Holiday. Offensively, he's still great. Defensively, he's also well respected. Guys around the league love him, but he's known to be easy to work with for coaches. Right? He's not going to undermine you. There's a different kind of edge. It comes out on the floor not in the locker room. So for Holiday as a player, and frankly as a guy who's going to make life a little easier on a, on a head coach who's under a lot of pressure, I love it. I think it's really interesting to see what Porzingis can be and what he can do and whether or not some of the players who were who moved out, who are defensive-focused guys, whether that's going to hurt the Celtics as it relates to what they want to do. But we know Missoula is much more offensively inclined than Ime Odoka. He leans that way. So I love the Holiday move. I love the Celtics. But it's going to be really interesting how these pieces fit because this is a team that's made a Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals the last two years. They obviously made the finals a couple years ago, and it's very they, they've retooled this, this basketball team pretty aggressively.
2: Yeah, Bill, it's not like the Celtics haven't been in this position before. They're the co-favorites at BetMGM to win the title, four to one, along with the Bucks, and then you got the Nuggets, the defending champs at plus five fifty. Where do you odds aside for this? Where do you stack the Nuggets up right now with some of these other teams like the Celtics and Bucks, and then the Suns, all of who have had a you know pretty active off seasons.
0: So Denver is a known quantity, and they've got one of the two or three best players in the game. He's probably the best player in the game, and every year it changes. I voted for Jokic for MVP. I think they're the best team of those three that you noted because of what we know. I think it's likely that in Boston or in Milwaukee, and maybe in both, I don't know, it's going to work really well, and they're going to actually be a little bit higher level that obviously have to face them in the finals for that to matter in the playoffs. I love Denver, and I think there's a lot of question marks in the Western Conference that makes their road easier. I'm not as high on Phoenix as other people. I know they got some depth in that trade. John Morant's going to miss a huge chunk of the season. What is Memphis going to be? Your third best player here in LA with the Lakers is Austin Reeves. Now that that's the end of the world, but I'm not sure that, that it's a guarantee. And Anthony Davis, Anthony Humpty Dumpty Davis, I know he wants to play 82 <laughs> games. I love it if the guy played 72 games. LeBron's amazing, but he's 105 years old. So you just sort of, you go to the Western Conference, there are potential challengers, but at least on paper, nobody to me is as sure a thing as the Denver Nuggets.
1: I'm curious your thoughts uh, on the Dallas Mavericks because I had a healthy debate with a friend of mine earlier today because he, for whatever reason, thinks that Grant Williams uh, and Derek Lively are going to move the needle in terms of just the overall defense, which was terrible last year. Like, What's your thoughts overall on on what this Dallas Mavericks team is going to be this year?
0: Have you guys seen that GIF where there's a dumpster on fire floating down a swollen river? Yeah. That's my perspective <laughs> on the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and really my perspective on any team that, that has Kyrie Irving. I, I, there is massive, massive, massive concern and worry that they are not going to capitalize on luca Dodges' window. And while luca hasn't made any suggestions he wants to leave Dallas, we saw this year, I think the moves that are going around the Eastern Conference and what's happening right now with forcing Harden to stay in Philly. It's all about the fear that Giannis will be the guy that won't stay or Embiid will be the guy that gets unhappy and doesn't stay. And you talk to GMs around the NBA, there, there's a hope, right, if you're not a t- the Dallas GM, that in a year or two, Doncic is going to be the guy who doesn't want to be there. And so I think Dallas has massive pressure without a roster that can make good on it. I, I'm not a big Kyrie Irving guy, so maybe I'm swinging and missing on a level of greatness he brings to the table that I'm so- somehow not seeing. But the moves they, they've made, the team they have, the roster they have, I don't think it's very impressive. I know Dodgers is amazing. You guys know Dodgers is amazing. The guy's an incredible player, but he's not on a team that I think is going to live up to anything remotely resembling even conference championship appearances, let alone the finals. I think they're in trouble.
3: Bill, with the uh, Heat missing out on the uh, Damian Lillard and missing out on the sweepstakes for Dame Lillard, they're still minus one ninety to win the Southeast. I was just like trying to make the case for any of these other teams, you know, from a betting standpoint. And you have the Hawks plus two twenty. I don't know if I fully trust them. I like the Magic. I just don't know if they're still a year away. They're eight to one. And then the Hornets and the Wizards. Could you make the case for any other team in the Southeast uh, other than Miami you know, what, this season?
0: What's the number on Atlanta? Like I think so. so plus two twenty. Yeah, I think Atlanta's interesting if you're feeling like if you have a little gamble, right? Because It's probably Miami. We know how consistent they are. It's not just that they didn't get Lillard in terms of their championship hopes. It's how much better everybody that they compete yeah. with, really, Boston and, and, and Milwaukee got. And they lost other pieces that are important. But that is, that is a very weak group of teams. That said, Quinn Snyder is extremely well-respected. It sounds like Trey Young wants to do the things he needs to do for Quinn in that organization. I wasn't I think that place is a mess in terms of their political dynamics with their front office, but Quinn's a really good coach. He's now gonna have obviously an entire training camp came in late last year, very weird situation. So there's gonna be a surprise and maybe it's a heat trail off a little bit or there's injuries or emo Jimmy so emotionally can't get out there with that haircut and play. For me, Atlanta would be the other team. Presented by T Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports.
2: Bill, if people are looking at maybe the possibility of finding an edge in like the, the win totals market right now, the Toronto Raptors are a team that's been thrown around for, it feels like the last couple of years, as maybe potential sellers, and then what maybe, there, maybe there's some extensions for some guys, or maybe they're going to trade. Nobody seems to know what they're going to do. Do you think that this is a team that finally, let's say, even just come trade deadline, they finally start selling that team off, or are they still committed to actually winning with essentially the roster that they have?
0: Yeah, I, I, think it's a really good, I think it's a really good question and a really good point. I think that it depends how things go, and they believe that their roster is good enough to at least compete in the second tier in the East, right? Somewhere to four to six to seven to, to try and avoid that play. in. I, I'm not sure how realistic that is, and I do think that if the wheels come off, if things go badly, if they're not in the mix, they very well could be sellers, and you can move on from most of those guys and, and see that team basically go into bringing assets, do what Portland's doing, do to a degree what the Thunder did, lose a bunch of games, focus on draft picks. So depending where the total is for – like, what's their win total right now?
2: Like 42? I don't even know. I think it's lower than that, isn't it? Do you guys know – it's not – BetMGM doesn't have it in front of us right now, but I want to say it's actually like – I think it's under that. Um,
0: yeah, it, I mean, I guess it depends what it is. But I would either – for me, like I used to bet win totals all the time. Yeah. I would either pass on it or, or, or go under Because I do think they're not going to be very good. 36 and a half.
2: 36 and a half. Wow, that's so low. low. I I mean,
0: Vegas thinks they're going to sell them, right? Like, that seems really low to me for that roster.
1: I'm curious. I wanted to follow up with you on the Raptors because it just feels like they're a mess, Bill. I'm not sure. Masai was known as one of the better GMs in the league, and now it feels like his reputation is in shambles, uh, and they're letting players walk for almost nothing. He's bringing up petty things like the lawsuit instead of addressing you know, what's going on with Pascal, and he, they're, he's calling his whole team selfish and that they're not making the right decisions. Is, is it just me, or is that organization kind of toxic right now?
0: Yeah, it, it, they're not in a good place. And, look, I think is really imp- – th- people th- that are smarter than I am about the NBA are impressed by the guy. But Pat Riley talked about the disease of Moore, right? You win something, you start to really believe in yourself, you start to buy the headlines. They won an NBA championship. It's been a minute now. It was very impressive. But, obviously, they brought in Kawhi Leonard. It was a crazy spark. There were multiple injuries that were significant in that series against the Warriors that got him there. I'm not taking anything away. They had a, a crazy bounce – against Philly, and I think that there's just a chance that Masai doesn't understand that they got lucky and that there were some things that need to be retooled, especially when Kawhi moved on. To answer your question, yeah, they're, they're absolutely toxic. It is a miserable place, and this is part of the debate about what, where you bet on, on their win total. He thinks they're good enough in, on paper and that these guys aren't living up to expectations, and in that locker room, they think that he's delusional strong. But he is overestimating the roster that he's put together.
1: Bobby Webster said, uh, Bill, that they offered the most that they've ever offered for a player for Damian Lillard. Do you know what that deal was?
0: I don't know. The Lillard thing, I mean, no, I don't. And I have trouble believing that because I, 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 I can tell you this. From the Portland side, it wasn't personal with the Miami Heat. It really wasn't about wanting to screw over Pat Riley. They wanted the most they could get, and they thought it was Milwaukee. And some of that calculation is that they think those Milwaukee—it's one pick and it's two pick swaps, twenty-eight, thirty pick swaps, twenty-nine first-round pick. They don't think Giannis is going to be there, regardless of what happens with Lillard in the next year or two, and that the Bucks are going to be an utter and total disaster, and that those picks are very potentially extremely valuable. And whatever happens in Toronto, it's just a more desirable market than it used to be because there's a lot of guys who are international players that we know in the NBA who will play there. So I don't know. I don't know what Toronto offered, but I do know that Portland thinks that what they got from Milwaukee and what they're still getting, because they're going to move on from Malcolm Brogdon, and obviously they traded Drew Holiday, they think that return is by far the best that was offered.
3: What do you think ends up happening this year with the uh, not even so much this year like the future of the Kings. I really like the Kings and I'm looking at the Pacific Division. They're 8 to 1 and it's just like with the Suns and the Lakers, they're old. I feel like their goal is obviously to win the championship. And then I still think they're going to use load management. You could throw the Warriors in there too and the Clippers. What do you think about the Kings 8 to 1 to win the Pacific? I think they're going to be a tough regular season team.
0: I love the kids. Funny, I did when I was talking to you guys about sort of where does Denver rank. I was trying to like, who am I trying, who am I forgetting? I muscle memory to never take the Sacramento Kings ser- seriously. It's like a part of my basketball DNA, <laughs> but that that's changed. I mean that's a that, that's a really tough team. It's a really good team. They're really young. They're well coached. They finally, we think, have a front office for the first time in a generation that's well run. And, and you're right. I think their window, or they think their window for really competing, is probably not this season, but the season after. But we've seen teams, and the Warriors are one of those teams, make really big leaps that that are earlier than people expected. So yes, I I think that's entirely possible. I have a soft spot in my heart for Golden State, largely because I just I love Steph Curry, class act, amazing player. But they're old. I don't know that I believe Chris Paul is going to work, and forget whether he starts. I don't know if he finishes, which is what really matters. Yeah. We know Bob Myers is gone. Steve Kerr has become. You talk to beat writers and folks there, a little more. He's a nice guy, but a little more frustrated, maybe a little more burned out in a long-term sense. I do think there's some vulnerabilities, and I think the Kings are the kind of team, if things click, because they have so many young guys, and young guys tend to make big leaps in years two and three and sometimes four, the Kings are poised potentially to be one of those teams that make a pretty big leap this year.
2: Yeah, it's probably a culture shock for Steve Kerr because he's used to just dominating the NBA, and all of a sudden now he's looking around going, damn it, we're not who we used to be anymore. Bill Ryder, CBS Sports. Always good to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming on.
1: That's all the time that we have for this episode of The Heat Check. Many thanks to Bill Ryder and my crew on Bet at MGM Tonight. Come back later this week for an all-new episode and check out the feed for past in- interviews and past episodes, which drop unexpectedly. We're going to be doing an interview uh, with someone from the Mavs, Beat. Give a little update on what's happening with them. Follow The Heat Check as we head into a new NBA season. Do not forget to download, subscribe, and tell your friends, every single one of them. And follow us on social at this Heat Check and at TristaCrick on TikTok, See you next time.